Well, hi guys. Alex McDonald in Atlanta, joined by Danielle Munoz in Minnesota. Hi, Danny. Hey, Al. How you doing? I'm doing great. This is uh, TPS Report for Monday, August 22nd, 2022. It's good to be back. What's up, guys? Hope everyone's doing well. We're going to say hi to folks in a moment. However, I want to say this. If you're watching on Rumble and you want to, to you want to be in the comments, you have to open the Rumble chat or Rumble Rants, I believe it's called. You have to go yeah, into mine there. just showed up like right beside the stream. Yeah, for yeah, me Rumble on the desktop, it's right next to the stream. I don't know where it is on mobile. It's probably one of the three tabs, but you have to open the chat and make comments in the chat for us to see them. Otherwise, we're not going to see them because we're not monitoring the comments because we are live on Rumble. We are, however, we are not on Just For Fun Radio. I'm going to have to do something to try to fix that. Danny, you and I will talk about that, figure okay. out what we want to do. Um, we're live on Rumble because we're moving the live show. What? I can share it at Just For Fun, can't I? Sure. You can share it to there okay. right now if you want to. Yeah, I'll do that right now. We are live on Rumble because we are go we're going to start moving the live show away from YouTube. Um, we got another strike Friday, which I was able to get overturned, but I got the strike for the Kamala Harris video. We had it in the live show last week, last Thursday should never have been a strike. Certainly Becky's still in the comments should never have been a strike. Uh, and YouTube ended up having to agree with that because they had, they ended up overturning it. But we decided after that that if YouTube are going to issue a strike on an obvious piece of satire, then their principles just simply don't agree with our principles, and they do not agree with principles of free speech. So we're moving the live show off of... Um, YouTube entirely. You can catch us on Rumble, Facebook, Twitch. Rumble or Twitch are great alternatives for people who uh, watch us on YouTube. Uh, t if it, Twitch is actually really good because my software picks up comments from Twitch, whereas the Rumble comments, we have to look over to the side, but we can't bring them into the show. And I see that Jake Kukin's over there on Rumble. What's going on, Jake? And I know Becky is over there because I keep getting notifications that she's commenting in the comments, which is awesome. Um, Canadians, man. Growing pains. We knew we would have growing pains. Yes. Uh, but for those of you on Facebook, really nothing should change. Uh, those of you on YouTube that want to continue to watch the show, Twitch or Rumble will be great locations for y'all. And for those of you that don't want to watch, I understand entirely, but we hope you'll, uh, we hope you'll make the move with us. We're doing this simply because if we continue to stream to YouTube, it's going to compromise our content because we're going to have to, we will only be able to talk about things that are YouTube safe. Right. Whereas if we get off of YouTube for the live show, we'll be able to cover all the content we choose to cover, including the pandemic, the Hunter Biden laptop, and the upcoming election, which would get a strike after strike 
if we continue on YouTube. So we believe that uh, by October... Which have gotten us strikes, has gotten as a matter strikes. of fact. We believe by October, the live show will be gone from YouTube entirely, which gives everyone a month and a half to, uh, you know, find us on the other channels and uh, subscribe on Rumble and whatever it is people do on Twitch. I think you subscribe on Twitch as well. Whatever you want to do. Diamond Dave is rumbling with us. Hey, honey, honey. Hey, Dave. What's going on, brother? All right. Let's say hi to our friends, shall we? Let's do it. We got Jeff Kukum. What's going on, brother? The Banhammer is here. What's going on, Steve? Good to see you. Jake Kukin is here. He said, I try to watch you on Rumble, but it didn't. It didn't. So we haven't been streaming to Rumble consistently. We would do it every now and then. Now it's going to be consistent. It's going to be every show. And uh, I, I wonder don't if have maybe he tried before we went live, because now he's over there. Um, I don't know. I, so the thing with Rumble is it, it I schedule the show in the morning, and it puts a placeholder there. And if you play it, it just plays a looping video over gotcha. and over. Um, and it should immediately go live when we go live. Yeah, because he's just, on Rumble now. He said hi in the actual correct place in Rumble. So. Yeah, but it will just have a it will just have a looping placeholder until the live show starts. Um, Peggy Brown is here. Hey, Peggy, good to see you. David's with us. What's up, David? Uh, Janine is here. Hey, Janine, good to see you. Bill Campbell's with us. What's up, Bill? Uh, Richard Sarkeesian's here. Hey, Richard. Joy is with us. Hey, Joy. Hey, sister. Mitch McCarty's here. What's up, Mitch? Good to hey, see you, man. Uh, Karina's here. Good morning. Good, good morning, Good morning, Karina. friend. Over there in Germany. Larry Cox is here. What's up, Larry? Good to see you. Um, Holly's here. What's up, Holly? Good hey, to see sister. you. RG is here. What's hey, up, RG? RG? And uh, Katie Mannery's here. Hey, Katie. Haven't Hi, seen Katie. you for a while. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. Thanks for being here. Dave, we can see your comments. Uh, yes, I see your comments on Rumble. Diamond Dave, he's over there on, uh, well, he's over there in the chat with Jake. And somewhere in the comments is Becky Myers. Becky's down there somewhere. <laughs> in the comments, <laughs> rather than the chat, is little, little Canadian Becky. But... Um, <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's talk about some stuff, shall we? Yes, we got a lot to talk about. Look at this fancy new graphic I put together. Yeah, it is. Uh, so Brian Stelter is gone from CNN. We touched on it Thursday, I believe, very briefly at the top of the show. Yes. He's gone from CNN and... Listen, I said before, he's going to land on his feet, right? It's, it's not the last we've heard of Brian Stelter, but I do think it's probably the last we've heard of Brian Stelter in his current incarnation as the, uh, as the janitor for mainstream media. And that was his entire job. His job was covering for a corrupt Marxist mainstream media. Right. And he got the ax. So when, um, when CNN's new CEO, Chris Licht came in, his his goal was to move CNN back to journalism and away from the Marxist opinion nonsense that it's become. This is one of those steps toward that. In fact, let's take a look at some of these quotes. Um, 
The writing's been on the wall since high-powered media executive John Malone, a Warner Brothers Discovery board member who mentioned CEO David Zavalov, declared last year CNN should revert to nonpartisan journalism. Stelter accused Malone of not actually watching CNN directly because Brian Stelter actually believes he's an impartial journalist. He believes that covering up for the lies and incompetence of the mainstream media is journalistic integrity. He thinks he's doing the right thing. Never mind that he's been wrong about absolutely every major story in recent history. Right. He, was, he was wrong about Juicy Smollier. Not only was he wrong about Juicy Smollier, he doubled down. First, he's still he said wrong he's, about yeah, Juicy. Jesse's a victim, and then the evidence comes out that no, in fact, Jesse's a criminal. Um, and then he, after that evidence came out, he doubled down on Jesse or Jesse is the victim here, even after Jesse was convicted, convicted in a court of law. Brian Stelter doubled down. And called Jesse the victim here. He was wrong about Russiagate. Not only was he wrong about Russiagate, he covered up. He ran cover plays for the rest of the media that were wrong about Russia. He did that intentionally. You can't tell me he didn't know the facts. Right. Of course he knew the facts. But he intentionally spread misinformation about Donald Trump's dealings with Russia in an attempt to harm President Trump. He was wrong about Hunter Biden's laptop, calling it a conspiracy theory. Again, we know for a fact it's not a conspiracy theory. But that was the narrative that Brian Stelter, as the arbiter of truth, as the reliable source, that's the narrative that he spread. And that cost Donald Trump an election. Right. Let's not forget, what was it, eight out of ten? I, I, this might be misinformation. I'm telling you, I'm pulling this statistic right out of my bum. So in your opinion... No, no, it's it's there is a statistic out there. I would advise you to go look it up. But I think it was like seven out of 10 people polled said that yes. had they known about the Hunter Biden laptop story, it it may have affected the way they vote. Doesn't mean it true. doesn't mean it would. Doesn't mean it did. It's the seven out of 10. I, I it was it was up there. It was up there. We on a previous show, we showed you all of those statistics. We laid them out. There were five or six questions in that right. poll, and uh, they all related to the Hunter Biden laptop story. But the biggie was, would this have affected your vote? And like seven out of 10 said, yeah, it may have. Right. Yeah. Dave says in the chat, Stelter was wrong about Nick Sandman before Juicy. Yes. Wildly wrong about it. And that was a very expensive thing yes. to be wrong about. Um, because obviously they lost, we don't know the actual number, but it was millions reportedly in the, you know, the, the hundreds of millions, like over a hundred million dollars to Nick Salmon. He's been wildly wrong about everything while portraying himself as a journalist, 
not an opinionist, portraying himself, I don't know if opinionist is a word, but it is now, portraying himself as a journalist, as the purveyor of reliable information, and yet he's made a career on just pure misinformation. Well, he's gone, and the rest of these the rest of these journalists are probably looking over their shoulders right now. Number one, they see that change is actually coming to CNN. Jeffrey Tubin got I wank on camera Tubin. That guy's gone. Probably off to his OnlyFans account, to be honest. Is with he you. gone? Is Lubin Tubin gone? Yeah, he's gone. He's gone. He started his OnlyFans. He's off of uh, he's off of CNN. That was last week, or the week before last. Uh, fucking uh, this guy was uh, Stelter. Was, was last week. Last week yeah. The week before last was Tubin. Last week was Stelter. Now other people are gonna be looking over their shoulders because apparently, even though the staffers at CNN are okay with the changes, and are actually looking forward to getting back to actually doing the news. The anchors, not so much, and nothing else has changed. CNN is still the same Marxist shithole that it's always been. I have, um, Stelter departs CNN having done damage to both the network's reputation and the wider media's reputation like few others could do. Stelter actually exposed the national press for the, what is that? Cavanish? What is that word? Navish. Navish. God damn it. It's like Knigget. <laughs> Stelter. <laughs> oh, you silly Knigget's. Yes, Stelter actually exposed the national press for the knavish liberal partisans that they've become. His rancorous apologies, dismissals, and omissions of major media stories and failures only deepened his reputation as the liberal media's janitor and a hate object on the right. Now, that's amazing. I don't I don't hate Brian Stelter. I think Stelter became a, a meme for the right. He wasn't the focus of any hatred on the right. He was a focus of a great deal of comedy on right. the right. Yes. And listen, we just got a strike for posting a, a comedic video because that's what comedy has become these days. When words are violence, comedy, obviously de facto violence. Right. And because people make fun of Stelter, and point out exactly what he is, which is a remarkably straight newsman. Pun intended. He does straight news. No opinion whatsoever, just straight news. When you point out that hmm, he probably isn't any of those things, it's considered hate. And it's not. It's just pointing out the obvious and making little jokes at his expense. But this is this is what these journalists, the staffers are fine with it. But the hosts, right, the talent, they're going to blame the right-wing hatred 
right. for this. They're going to try to frame this as the right-wing mob getting Stelter fired. And it actually, it absolutely isn't. Just listen to what the uh, CEO of CNN is saying, and you'll know it absolutely isn't. But that's exactly how they're going to spin it, because that's exactly how Stelter would spin it. If he were able to stay on there, that's exactly what he would do. But apparently the partisan liberal rot goes way deeper, the insider continued. Chris Licht will need to take a sledgehammer to the place to make any meaningful change. And if past is prologue, that will never happen. Couple of changes. Tubin's gone. Should have never been brought back. Stelter's gone. Whatever it is, what it is. I don't know if we're really going to see CNN move back to the straight news. No, I say not. It was never nonpartisan. Right. It was always the Clinton News Network. It will always be the Clinton News Network. So I don't think they'll ever get back to straight news. But maybe they'll get away from this outright lying to the public. Outright lying to them about things like the pandemic. Outright lying to them about things like Hunter Biden. Like this administration. Like, like lying to the public and telling them this drop in gas prices is actually a pay raise in your pockets. So what happens when they stop lying and their trusting viewers start hearing things that they don't like, that they don't want to hear? They're going to lose... They'll go to MSNBC. I Do what? They'll go to MSNBC. Right. I predict they're going to lose viewership. And then if they change at all, they're going to go right back. It would be difficult to lose many more viewers than they've already lost. But yes, I think they're going to hemorrhage the the left wing radicals that they attract. I think those people are going to jump over to MSNBC, who have absolutely no problem with uh, lying to the American public. And CNN are going to have to find a new shtick, whether they go back to the old shtick. Oh, the, yeah, I think they go I, directly yeah. back. I think that's a well-worn path. Yeah, and if, and, if, the, and, if the anchors that they stay on, keep on will have anything to do with it, absolutely. It'll continue to be yeah. a right-wing Donald Trump hate fest. Right. We'll keep an eye on it. Left-wing Donald Trump hate fest, yes. Left-wing Donald. Well, they, uh, yeah. I, what I meant was they're going to hate on the right wing and Donald right. Trump, but yeah, gotcha. I phrased that, phrased that remarkably poorly. So, well, I just I misunderstood. I apologize. Um, let's talk but about yeah, it'll that. be interesting to see. All right, let's do a better segue okay. than that. All right, Danny, let's move on. Let's talk about Title Nine. Talk about another mess. Yes. Yeah, so, let we need to back up some and talk about Ooh. changes that we have talk been about on the. Title Eight? No. Talk not about that Title far. Nine. Not that far back. No, we're not going to jump back. We just need to back up a little. Right. Talk about. So these changes have been on the horizon for a while, and I just want to take five seconds and talk about why Title Nine is so important. Why I believe Title Nine is important. I think Title Nine is very important because 
research for decades has, and I think we all know this, I hope we all know this, but research for decades has shown us that high school athletes, that there's been there, a recent study came out showing that high school athletes were 10% more likely to graduate than their peers who had never participated in sports. That athletes were also shown to have higher grade point averages than non-athletes. Um, and another study showed that uh, kids who were very active typically performed better on standardized tests. Okay. So, you know, there are, I would argue, and many would argue that there are far reaching implications to students being availed the opportunity to participate in sports. Um, I mean, we could argue about whether, you know, trying to level the playing field is right or wrong, but we know that uh, providing the opportunity to participate in sports is more than just giving a kid the opportunity to hit a ball. Yeah. So that's why Title IX is important. So let's talk about Title IX. Title IX just celebrated its 50th birthday in June. And at the celebration of the 50th birthday of Title IX, the Biden administration talked about gutting, absolutely gutting this legislation, this this. I would argue pivotal um, legislation law. Gutting um, it how? So they're talking about changing, and and these are conversations that you and I have had. They're the verbiage that they use is horrifying. The Department of Education said, and this is back in um, a June twenty third, I think. Yeah. June in a June 23rd release, the Department of Education said that it plans to reinstate Title IX regulations tossed out by the Trump administration. We knew that was coming. And they proposed changes that would combat sexual discrimination's discrimination in schools by boosting victim protections and modifying language to include sexual orientation and gender identity for LGBTQI plus students. Title IX, the, the gist of Title IX is that um, the same amount of resources have to be dedicated to girls sports as boys sports. Um, it doesn't happen, but what happens is that schools have to be working towards Title IX compliance to get federal funds. Um, so like big D1 universities will never be in Title I compliance, but the way that they comply is to be working towards compliance, working towards providing equal opportunity. Um, so what this does is this enters not just sex, but sexual orientation and gender identity into the argument. So where Title IX protected girls and women in sports, it's now going to, and I'm air quoting, protect those that identify as girls and women in women's sports. So it's going to open up women's sports to those that we have seen demolishing biological women in women's sports. Um, the, the thing that I think those of us that follow Title IX legislation have known, we've, we knew this was coming. Um, they want to roll back changes that the Trump administration made in Title IX, and specifically um, the 
reporting responsibilities. So schools have legal responsibilities to report Title IX violations. Um, and those responsibilities were strengthened under the Trump administration. Um, they also strengthened the rights of the accused. So before um, Betsy DeVos and her people came in, I don't know if it's administration, but before Betsy DeVos and her people came in and introduced some changes, the, the accused had no rights. They couldn't face their accuser. They couldn't question their accuser. But the Trump administration changed that in 2020. We actually talked about that. Al, I don't know if you remember this story that we talked about, but I want to revisit a story that we talked about because I want to talk about what I'm afraid this is going to look like again. So another thing that the Trump administration did was they said that um, in order for um, um, charges to be brought or for um, an investigation to go forward, by a, for a Title IX office to bring forward an investigation that an actual... Um, an, an actual complaint had to be made, like an official complaint had to be made, which makes total sense, right? Like, I mean, it 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 is almost seems silly that that has to be a rule, but that rule was put in place in 2020. So before that, all that had to happen was that like something had to be mentioned, right? Like, oh, we think this happened, and then the Title IX office could just lower the hammer on an accused person who hadn't been formally formerly formally accused sorry so we talked about a story and i think when we covered it um i believe it was in 2020 but the story actually happened back in 2017 and i think um sports fans especially college football fans in the chat will remember this story the kicker for usc um California, not South Carolina, the Trojans, their kicker was accused of attacking his girlfriend. She, um, it was after the end of the football season. It was in like, I don't know, February or March of 2017 and, um, charges were brought against him. This investigation was, was underway. And the title IX office said, you know, this happened. Well, the girlfriend said from jump that it never happened. She didn't accuse him. She said we were roughhousing. He was a kicker on the football team. She was a tennis player at USC. Um, Y'all, those are like legit athletes. I don't know if you know what the the t female tennis team at USC looks like. If you don't, Alta Vista that shit. Um, but anyway, she said from the start that they were roughhousing, they were playing around in the parking lot outside of her apartment, um, and that, that she was never attacked. And she said that from the very first time that she talked to those people, that she told the same story, that she was interrogated time and again, and she told the same story, she ended up getting her own lawyer because she felt so demeaned and so put upon by the people in the title. The woman in this case, the supposed victim, felt so put upon by the Title IX office. Well, come to find out that the alleged incident was reported by um, the men's tennis team coach that the 
coach's son was a neighbor of this girl and saw supposedly saw the incident and mentioned it to his dad. Dad went to the Title IX office and said, hey, this happened. Title IX office launched this whole investigation against this kicker. The kicker got expelled from school. I don't know if he's finished his degree since then. He didn't finish it then, didn't go in the combines. He was expected to play in the NFL. He would have been picked up by an NFL team. Never happened. His career ended right then. And How did um, these changes relate to that, though? So in 2020, the Trump administration said that wasn't an official um, uh, uh, there was no complaint made against him. The victim didn't come forth and say, he did this to me. The victim said it never happened. But the Title IX office lowered the boom on him regardless with no victim. They told her that she was a victim. They told her that she was a battered woman, that she must have been suffering from battered woman syndrome. And she says, look, I recognize that that happens and it's awful. That's not me. Well, in 2020, the changes that that can't happen anymore. Like that you have to have a form at the very least, you have to have a formal complaint to start an investigation. Well, if the Biden administration get their way, that goes away. So all, all they have to have is a rumor of something happening. Yeah, but they're an, not going to care. They're, they're not doing this to focus on heterosexual couples that get into a beef in the parking lot. They're doing this to protect transgender students. This is one of the things that's going to change, though, and I do think this is going to change. I do 100% think this is going to change. I think this is one of those things, and I, I just think this is a glaring yeah, example. Sure, it, it is. It's a glaring example. It's it's a one-off, but it matters the the most common things this is going to protect or or this is going to do is going to force teams or divisions or leagues to allow transgender athletes it's going right. to force them there there's not going to be any choice it's going to destroy the playing field for biological women by allowing men in skirts to compete yep. in their field. That's what it's going to do. And that's what the focus of this is. I listen, I don't disagree with you that that story yeah, think, is that yes. story's kind of fucked up. But this and, but I, I mean think, this is the this is the believe all women world we live in, Danielle. Right. Even though yeah. she didn't say it. Even though she didn't right. even And that's the problem. file a yes. charge. It's and, the uh, it's and the believe all women. This brings back this brings back um speech like sexual speech as harassment under title nine, mm -hmm. all of that was gone. Like, you know, we could actually have school under title nine. Yeah. Yes. Collegiate sports for women. Yes. 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, y'all, it makes me sick. I don't know that there's been any polling done on how Americans feel about trans men or trans women, sorry, in women's sports. But I don't imagine it's very popular, which is why this radical administration have to make moves like this to force 
its adoption down people's throats at the expense of girls, obviously. And that's the reason that Donald Trump rolled back those, they call them protections. They're not right. protecting anyone. They don't protect athletes in by any means. They simply allow mediocre men to dress up and compete as women. That's all it does. No protection here for anybody. Right. And because society in general is is remarkably unaccepting of this. Listen, American society will accept many things. We've accepted the pronoun palava. You want me to call you her or she? All right, I'll call you her or she. We've accepted the fact that people take their kids to drag clubs. We'll talk about that later in the show. But when it comes to sports, Americans are pretty, uh, they're pretty ardent about the sports they follow. And I don't think that the majority of society is going to be as accepting of this as this administration believes they will be. And maybe 2024 will be partly about this. So I say, okay, re-implement the, re the rules. Because things have to get worse for them to get better, right? And I think this is one of those situations. I think this is one of those situations where we have to see, we have to hit rock bottom before, before anything changes for the better, Danielle. Especially because we're in a society right now where if you speak out against this, you're going to be attacked, right? Right. And so, unlike Beth L. Matterson, who speaks out about things that have absolutely nothing to do with her, right. there are going to be a lot of parents of college girls that are going to be motivated to speak out about this. There are going to be a lot of friends and a lot of uh, competitors that are going to be motivated to speak out of this. Because we're, we're talking about lives here. We're not right. talking about simply agreeing to use a pronoun we're talking about people potentially losing a professional career we're talking about people losing scholarships hence losing their education there's a lot more at stake here than sim somebody simply being polite and saying oh okay yeah sure i'll call you she and i don't think people are going to be very accepting of this so go ahead and roll them back Let's see what happens. I think a lot of people are going to turn against uh, turn against the Democrats over this entire issue. I think it's it's ridiculous on its face that men get to compete as women. Live your life however you want. You want to wear a dress every day, wear a dress. You want to put on makeup and high heels and call yourself Brandy? Have at it. I don't give a shit. But if you want to go beat up on women in amateur sports or even professional sports you've made some poor life choices right remarkably poor life choices
Did you see the story about the transgender female that rushed University of Alabama sorority rush? No. <laughs> Those girls said nope. So the transgender female was rejected and like he she said it was pref day so I think that's probably day 2 of rush. Um, she was, I think she was invited to visit a couple of the sororities and then by prep day, they were like, no. Um, so I wanted so very much for her to try to make a fuss and sue because those aren't for the most part, those like the Panhellenic council, which is like the sort of overarching council of the sororities those aren't just your average co-eds like those are girls from families whose daddies have a lot of money these are little these are little socialites yes their people are people and you know people like thousands of people get rejected in sorority rush every year not because they have penises but because their people aren't the right people right like they get to pick who they want to hang out with and yeah, please if you're not, go back and try to sue them. Yeah, if you're not a wealthy white bitch. You know, and they're not all like that. You know, some of them have, they're a different, but they're all selective. Ain't there a single one of them just like, oh, everybody just come on over. They're just not. There was this, they are horrifically awful people. And I'll tell you how horrifically awful they are. There was this trend on social media show off your private school or something like that. I, it, I can't remember what it was called because it was, it was absolutely, it was a disgusting display of flaunting their parents' wealth. And I'm not going to tell anyone to go look it up. I can't remember. It was like show off your private school or something like that. You've it's on YouTube and, and all of the stupid places and it's just these spoiled little white bitches flaunting their wealth at the poor kids that aren't them. And every one of those kids, I'm still on YouTube, so I'm going to tone it down a little bit. Every one of those kids needs a damn good talk into. So let me say this. So I have dear friends who are in sororities. Joy in the chat is honest to God, one of the kindest people I know. I don't know why she's friends with me. She was in a sorority. Um, but here's the deal. They are private organizations. They get to be selective and they are. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know. Yeah. Well, let's, that just is what it is. Let's continue this conversation into the next story because. Okay. Because. Oh, I'm all the way at the bottom. The transgender ideology has infiltrated public schools, hospitals, and higher ed. Its adherents are not going to leave you alone. In fact, they're coming after your kids. And this whole sorority thing, I mean, you could argue that they're adults, I suppose. They're remarkably young adults, 18, 19, 20, 21, they're, right? I, I think they're probably immature adults, but yeah, they're legal adults. Yeah. And... They should not have to tolerate somebody with genitalia different to them in their in their dorms or wherever sorority sits yeah, in their yeah, mansions, yes. in their sorority mansions. 
in their penthouse suites at their five-star hotels. They shouldn't have to tolerate it. They're there. I was going to say they're paying the bill to be there. They're not. Their parents are paying the bill for them to be there. And having something like that forced on you. I was going to say forced down your throat. It's probably happened. Don't do that. But having that forced upon you is, in my opinion, it's criminal. It's criminal. And we have a story here. Hardly a day goes by now that we don't see another appalling example of transgender ideologies, aggressive intolerance in the public square. Recently, the target of that intolerance was an 80-year-old woman in the small town of Port Townsend, Washington, who was permanently banned from her local YMCA pool after she objected to a trans woman or a man being in the women's locking room, locker room. According to a recent report in the New York Post, the woman, Julie Jamin, confronted a YMCA employee, a trans woman named Clementine Adams, in the locker room after Jimin observed that Adams clearly a man was clearly a man. I saw a man in a woman's bathing suit watching maybe four or five little girls pulling down their suits in order to use the toilet, Jimin told the Post. Jimin was accused of being discriminatory by the YMCA manager, threatened with the police and ordered to leave. On Monday, Jamin and others gathered to speak about the local YMCA's dangerous policy. As Jamin was speaking, a mob of Antifa militants, including burly tattooed men, converged on the rally, screaming, trans women are women. Are we going to get beat up here? Asked supporters. And, and uh, uh, Jamin asked, are we going to get beat up here? And asked supporters in the crowd to call the police. Eventually, the Antifa mob surrounded Jemin. Some women were thrown to the ground. Others had their shoes ripped off. Just as black-shirted Antifa men were beginning to tussle with Jemin supporters, the police showed up. The mayor of Port Townsend, a self-described pervert and deviant named David J. Faber, praised the mob that went after Jemin. Jemin, don't know her name and her supporters, calling it an incredible night that was beautiful and falsely claimed that trans and cis allies alike spoke love and support. You can find videos of the thing, and they absolutely did not, by the way. This is the mayor. little tweet from the mayor of Port Townsend, Washington self-described perv um danielle 80 year old women are now being attacked for having an opinion on this that's why listen it's going to take time for any of this to change so i say roll back these title nine things and let the public speak but here's the thing this is a there's this is just one aspect of this whole war the other aspect is is your kids it's um targeting your children and it's being led according to this story by medical professionals at some of the most prestigious hospitals in the country 
Publicly available promotional videos and other information from Boston's Children's Hospital are out there touting so-called gender-affirming care, which includes chemical castration, mastectomies, hysterectomies, and genital mutilation performed on minors. Big Tech and the corporate press predictably came to the defense of the hospital. Facebook banned libs of TikTok this week, and NBC News' Brandon Zarni spread mis misinformation by claiming that BCH doesn't, in fact, perform genital surgeries on minors after they took the information down from their website, Daniel. Right. Yep. They're blaming far-right activists for threatening the hospitals. Um... That's irrelevant to this. We've covered that. Kaiser Permanente in Oakland, California, has amputated the breasts of a 12-year-old girl and castrated a 16-year-old boy in the name of gender-affirming care. Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh promotes puberty blockers for children. The pediatric gender program at Yale has admitted on camera she believes children as young as two or three can be eligible for medical inter intervention and treatments on their gender journey. Medical intervention and medical treatments, Daniel. Not simply sitting down and talking to the kid to Watchful figure out... waiting. Two or three years old, two or three, these kids are perfectly capable of making life-destroying decisions by this, like this. This, this charge is being led by medical professionals who are now grooming your kids into believing that this is, well, number one, acceptable at their ages, which it just isn't, but also doable. Right. Survive, livable. Surv look, at the, look at the suicide rates. Let's even say survivable at their ages and it just isn't well and they make them and their parents think that the survival rate goes up post transition and it doesn't no it doesn't because for the majority of these people gender dysphoria is not the is not the issue yeah this is horrifying it's taking place from the top down if an adult wants to make a decision, it's got nothing to do with me. I have no opinion whatsoever. Right. You want to go get a, a strap a dick to me? Call yourself a man? Have at it. I don't care. You want to go get the whatever the opposite of a strap a dick to me is? It's a phallioplasty is the word you're searching for. Okay. If you want to get the opposite of that, Vagioplasty. There you go. Vagioplasty. And call yourself a woman. Have at it. Doesn't matter to me. But when we're talking about medical professionals guiding two and three year olds towards sex change operations, something has gone dramatically wrong in our perception of what's happening. Now, we'll probably we'll probably get into trouble for having right. this conversation. Well, yeah, I don't think we're allowed to talk about, is it Chicago children's that took all their stuff down and deny doing the, I think, well, so 
Chicago, I, I think it's it's one of those, Chicago, Boston, one of those children's hospitals, um, they say that they do the gender-affirming surgery on patients 18 and up, but for 15-year-olds, and it's typically the double mastectomies that they're doing a lot of, right. but they say that um, if the if a patient is as young as 15, that, you know, and has been presenting for a certain amount of time and has been on, um, the, um, hormone therapy. So they've already, you know, started to experience changes that they'll do it to a 15 year old. Yeah. It's, it's, we've lost our fucking minds yeah, it's is what's happened. And it's becoming pervasive in society now and it's becoming more and more accepted. And the more this narrative is pushed that, oh no, they, they need this to survive. Former, former Vice President Biden has said these are life-saving treatments. Right. And the statistics disagree with him. And it's, it's up to people to actually start telling the truth. And when people start telling the truth, policies like this will go away. That The nonsense with Title IX will go away. The nonsense with men competing against women in sports will go away. It's just going to take time and it's going to require people to speak up and be heard without fear of being canceled. The cancel culture, I mean, it is what it is. Just, well, we're just, starting. Just don't acknowledge canceling. We're starting to see some sports self-policing, right? We saw um, the swimming, the governing body of swimming, come out with uh, sensible rules, and then rugby followed suit. Um, and you talked about the um, the I don't even know what you call it, gender reassignment clinic. In, I believe it was in England, right. the the one that was doing all the surgeries got shut down they've, because yeah they've shut it down because it was uh, it was dangerous to the mental health of the of the kids right um, if so, if a liberal shithole like England and I can say that because I am English I'm from there born and raised if a right. liberal shithole like England can figure this this out then America can figure it out and America will figure it out. Parents, listen, the, the, the parents showing up to school board meetings, they're making changes right now and they need to keep it up because um, that's where this fight is going to take place, where the right. kids are. Yes. And as long as they keep going to these meetings and fighting, and yeah, there's going to be some pushback initially, but remember that when you go vote for your school board, vote for the ones that don't think, uh, vote for the ones that think it's unsafe to transition Little kids, tiny little kids. Vote for the ones that disagree with that. Let's finish on this real quick because Brian Kemp, Governor Brian Kemp, is looking to buy some votes, Danielle. For $350. For th hey, listen, people will sell their vote for far less. People right. will sell their vote for the promise of no mean tweets. Let's not forget that. Yeah. So true. yeah, Brian Kemp is uh, looking to buy some votes. He's offering $350 for your vote. He's not. This is supposedly um, some COVID relief money that he's all of a sudden 
decided just mere months before an election decided to send out to about 3 million people in Georgia to qualify. You have to be on some kind of uh, assistance. You have to either benefit from Medicaid, subsidized child health insurance, food stamps, or cash welfare assistance. Of course, this is on the left. The left-wing media are... Painting this not as a bribed vote, strangely enough. I thought everyone would have jumped on that as close as this is to the election. They're painting it um, as uh, not good enough because of the benefits that were taken away after the state ended its declaration of emergency over COVID. Because under that declaration, apparently food stamps were like doubled or something which apparently was a much greater value than this $350 vote for me check. Um, So listen, this, this isn't going to appease anybody. I don't think because if, if your food stamps got cut in half, you're probably a little bit pissed off. Although you could always go out and get a job. I suppose there's uh, there's that, but having said that there were a lot of people on food stamps that do work and still don't make a good enough living and and get their benefits and whatever. I don't have a problem with people using food stamps. I guess it's uh, you know, it's up to them, but the move to send out payments has drawn the ire of democratic politicians in the state. uh, Kemp has attacked president Joe Biden's economic plan, as well as the high rate of inflation in the U S at present in a tweet from early August, he said that runaway spending and the disastrous policies of the Biden administration have led to 40-year high inflation, but handing out the billions in state support could be argued to contribute to this. While it seems the rhetoric and decisions would be in contradiction to each other, the stripping of post-pandemic support means the majority of people who need the money will not be increasing their spending power at all. The money will be spent on bare necessities. And I have absolutely no doubt that that's true. The pandemic was devastating to millions and millions of Americans and tens of thousands of businesses that were shut down because of democratic policies. Um, But I got to tell you, to me, Danielle, the timing of this. So suspect. I mean, it's remarkably shady, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it really, really is. And you know what? It's setting a... I think setting a really bad precedent for future elections and future payments to people right before an election, him doing this. And I understand that he's using federal COVID money, but the next person might not. The next person may decide to use state taxpayer money to send out their bribes for votes. And that next person may very well be Stacey Abrams. Well, and the people of Georgia got bribed with the, remember the the $2,000 of COVID money during the um, the special election, the, the chat, help me out, y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, the, oh, fuck me. That's um, true, Scrimshaw, correct, and federal money is taxpayer money, yeah. what I meant state taxpayer money, but it's still taxpayer money. The dude that Herschel Walker's running against. Oh, um, Raphael Warnock. That election. Yeah. Yeah. 
when that was going on and um Biden was stumping, remember he was like, and we'll we'll send you two thousand dollars. Yeah. So yeah, that's right. All, that's true. Already, yes. That's very true. Yeah, we'll, we'll send you two Thank grand. You, they Becky. didn't, by the way. They only sent right. out like twelve hundred because no. they, right. yeah, they deducted the, the eight hundred that had uh, right. come for the Fed. Yeah, because they're pieces of shit. But whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, it just sets a remarkably dangerous precedent, I think, because, and I know some Republicans are going to have an issue with me for saying that Brian Kemp's trying to bribe voters. But if this was a Democrat politician, it's exactly what they would be saying. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and be a hypocrite and say that it's okay for a Republican to do this and it's not okay for a Democrat. It's not okay for anyone to do this. The timing is remarkably suspicious. Nobody is going to be able to convince me that this isn't an attempt to buy votes. No one's going to convince. And 350 bucks, like you said, it's not much money, Danielle, but people have sold their votes for far less. Right. Look at prior elections. I'm not going to say which one because that would get me into trouble. Right. The people, yeah. because there have been, there have been reports in the past and video evidence and news reporting of people going around and collecting ballots for as little as $10. Yes. So this is 35 times more than that. Yeah, that yes. That was some quick math there. Holmes. Okay, before you get us kicked off of the YouTubes, uh, let's try to stay on for a week. <laughs> let's just a week at a time, just a week at a time. Let's talk about the weekend. So we will not be doing our locals supporter only stream this Saturday on Acuna. We will be in Covington at the Freedom Fest. March for math or something. Put on by, yes, the March Against Meth. That one. From 12 to 4 at Legion Field at the Covington Fairgrounds with the Just for Fun crew. That's right. So we will be there. And then I will be heading to Bear Creek Marina to see um, Corey McMichael. And that band that you like is playing there. What's the one that's the guy's names? Tim, John, Tim and Fred, Scott. and Flish. Tim, yeah. John, and Scott. Yes. I think they're playing there that evening. Tim, Fred, and Flesh. You should suggest <laughs> that for a, a name change. I don't know that Flesh is a name, but what the fuck? We'll go with it. I mean, you know. Um, we'll talk <laughs> Dude, about Dude, you that. were saying, I don't know what you were saying for Nave, so I'm not sure you get to make fun of me for saying Flesh. I don't, I, I don't know how I didn't pick that up, but whatever. Anyway, right. I don't think I've ever seen Nave spelled with a K, and maybe it's supposed to be, but I don't think yeah, I've that's how ever you spell Navish. Yeah, that's how you spell a, that with a K. But whatever, it is what it is. <clears throat> I am not. Uh, is AJ not is saying the... is it election day up there tomorrow? I think he's in Florida, so he might be talking to you. We had primaries a couple weeks ago. The yeah, last our, time our, my car died. Our primaries, our primaries are over and done with. However, Monday is uh, the first day you can, I believe, apply for your absentee ballots in Georgia for the election coming up in November. So there we go. I All posted right, well, a bunch of information about that on this week in Rockdale, and um, people can people can jump over there and read it if they want to. Fabulous. 
All, All right. right, let's well, let's, um, let's let these folks go, let's y'all. Play some music and get out of here. We love you. We appreciate you. Thanks for hanging out with us, and we'll see you on Thursday. Bye, guys. Bye now. We'll see you. Well, maybe. We'll see you on a channel Thursday. Yeah, we'll, we'll be somewhere Thursday. Y'all just yeah. come find us. Yeah, see ya. <laughs>